0: Welcome to Tucumcari First Assemblies podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. We talked last week about how that we will never reach what we don't see. We'll never reach what we what we refuse to see, what we don't see. And, and by the way, I mentioned last week I've mentioned the nation of Haiti last week. Remember you we talking about Haiti? Can we can we pause right now and pray for the nation of Haiti? How many of you've heard this week they had another earthquake, 7.2 magnitude earthquake on Thursday? And this time, thank God, the epicenter happened eight miles outside of the capital city of Port-au-Prince, eight miles outside the city, but there's a lot of damage. There's a lot of people that have lost their lives, and the nation's really in turmoil. Um, Two months ago, their president was assassinated. So this nation is in turmoil, okay? I've, I've been there now five different times. Every time is a brand new experience. You don't, quite know what you're going to get when you get there. One time we were actually there on Flag Day. They celebrate this thing called Flag Day where they paint their faces and they carve out wooden guns and march in the streets. That was a little unnerving because they surrounded our van and started shaking it like this. And I'm getting, I'm getting uh, text messages, alerts for, on my cell phone from the U.S. Embassy saying, avoid the area that you're going into right now. Thanks. Thank you, technology, for scaring me. Right? Vanload of pastors, and we're like, what should we do, guys? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe pray? <laughs> Think about it, guys. Anyhow, yeah, we had a great time. <laughs> so, <laughs> praise God. But I do, I want us to pause right now, I want us to pray. For the nation of Haiti, would you would you just join with me in prayer, Heavenly Father? We love you, we trust you, and God, we thank you for our brothers and sisters in Haiti. We thank you, Lord, for that you value their lives, you value their future. God, you, they're as important to you as any one of us, and right now they're in turmoil. Right now there is mass confusion, there's chaos, there's infrastructure broken down. What little there was is now a mess. God, we just ask that you bring hope, that you bring peace, that you, bring, that you fight through the confusion of what's taking place. And you allow the, the authorities to, to work in a manner which helps people. Help them to triage the patients there that are, that are hurting. Help them to effectively treat them and, and, and move them from one place to the next. God, I pray for food supply and water to be restored. I, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would allow the gospel to be known in this place, in this broken time. And that, God, many people's lives will turn to you. Their hearts will turn to you. They'll cry out to God. For you are the one that can fix it all. So, God, we trust you. And we thank you for these precious people. Uh, God, I pray over the orphanages that I personally have a connection, that this church has a connection with. God, I pray. I pray for Miss J- Eugene. I pray for, for her, God, that, that you, Lord, would be with her that you would be with that place, that you, I pray for Miss Sarah, God, that you would be in that orphanage where Miss Sarah is, is, is serving those children. 80 plus children, you've got her there. God, allow them to have all the resources that they need. Let them be well fed, well watered. And God, even more than that, let their soul be at rest. For God, we know that you are the Prince of Peace. Bring peace now to this nation, to Port-au-Prince, to the outlying areas, God. And we also pray for their government and their nation. Lord, let let a godly government arise. Let people stand strong and let love abound in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. We've been talking about changing our world. We've been talking about how that last week we mentioned I already mentioned this, but what we you can't reach what you don't see. You you just simply won't do it. We will, will we will not we will not pay attention to the things that we don't. See, and, and, and Haiti's one of those places. The first time I went to Haiti, I, I had no idea what I was going to. I knew, it was a, I knew it was a difficult place. I had no idea that an hour and a half uh, plane ride from Miami, South Beach, Miami, where there's literally money dripping off trees, okay? Now, please, please understand, the morning I flew, the afternoon I flew to Haiti. That morning, that morning, I had chartered a fishing boat, and we were on a fishing boat catching tarpon in the bay right outside of Miami. South Beach, okay, Miami, there is money everywhere. There is literally, I said this last week, Porsche Towers where you can drive your car into the elevator and it takes you up to the 80-something floor where you live. And you can unload your groceries from the trunk right into the pantry, right? I don't even have that ability in my own house. Come on, everybody. And, and to, to get on an airplane in an hour and a half or two-hour flight from that place, To where there's literally not food. There's there's no water there, right? The the, the wells that they have are poisoned. The the, the water that they have is is unfit to drink. It Literally, there's there's all sorts of bacteria and and different diseases that that, that people receive. They get when they they ingest that water. I never knew. I didn't know. I didn't know. It's different when we see them. Come on. It's different when you hold those little babies that mamas have placed in the fence and left because they couldn't feed them. And the first time I heard that, I'm like, those are terrible people. And then I'm thinking, man, it's how, how, how crazy would it be to be put in that position that either I keep this child and we both die together or I give it life and I walk away. It's different when we see them, when we hold them. Little baby girl I picked up off the floor, flies covering her body, I thought she was dead, no one was around her. I walked in, I should have thrown a picture up on the screen, I walked in, I picked her up, she's burning up with fever. She's one little club foot, there's sleep in her eyes, I begin to wipe her eyes clean. She's drooling out the side of her mouth. I start talking to this little baby girl, and she won't hardly open her eyes. She's so dehydrated. We rush her to the hospital and got an IV in her. Went back to see her the next day. She's doing better. Her name's Hope, by the way. Do you know why her name's Hope? We named her. She didn't have a name. And we said, God, could there be hope for a place like this? And Miss Sarah said, we'll call her Hope. We'll tell her her name's Hope. We'll tell all the kids her name is Hope. Pray for Hope. I haven't seen Hope now in four years. I I hope Hope is still running around. Right? Little dirty feet, they don't have shoes in the orphanage, the dirt floor in the orphanage, but they sweep it more than we sweep our house, come on everybody, we'll never reach what we don't see, we talked last week, there's 5.2 billion people on the planet today who are outside a relationship with Jesus. Sometimes as, as followers of Christ, we, we come into a church and look around, and today we have a pretty full house, and you understand. Sometimes it's like, well, you know, we're reaching the world for Jesus, right? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the calling upon our life that we're to, hey, I got help. <laughs> we're reaching the world for Jesus. We got a runner, yeah. Hey, baby girl. <laughs> that's all right. She's just happy to be here. But sometimes we get lulled into thinking that the vast majority of the earth, the world, the population are people who know and serve God and they're on their way to heaven. Although they're not perfect, just like we're not perfect. Come on, everybody. And by the way, he's not even looking for perfection. He's looking for, he's looking for what? What is God looking for? He's looking for a heart surrendered. sometimes we get this thought, we get this, this ingrained into who we are as, as followers of Jesus that, you know, most people are good. Can I tell you something? The vast majority of the earth, not good. Okay? And I, I don't want to sound like an old school, hard-nosed, turn or burn kind of guy, okay? But listen, if you don't turn, you're going to burn. I mean, I, that's just kind of the truth. Right? We want to soften it all we can, but I, I don't want to soften it to the point where people don't, don't choose something different. Come on, everybody. Because the Bible says that, that, is, that is, there, there's a time for man to die. Every man is appointed once a time to die, and after that, the judgment. Your day's marked. God knows. He knows. And He's given us An opportunity to walk with him, to be led by him, to be comforted alongside him, to have hope in him. Come on, everybody. To walk with him in this life and to see the restoration of our own lives and even more beautiful, in my opinion, the lives of the people around us. To watch them turn from blind to now they can see. From lost to found. From hurting and broken to restored. But will we see them? And when we see them, will we do something about that? It's literally changing our world. I want to I read a passage to you out of the book of John. That basically, I mean, it's, it's showing us how to change our world. John chapter 1 verse 35 says this, the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. This is John the Baptist, right? Right? John the Baptist. He's there with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, he said, look, the Lamb of God, look. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they left him and followed Jesus. This has always been captivating to me because John was, what was John trying to do? John was trying to get people to realize the condition of their life was broken and if they would follow God, things would improve. Come on. And suddenly, so John's got an audience. John's got a following. John has, in what the Bible just described, as disciples. He has his own disciples. But what does he do? When he sees Jesus, he points them to him. He says, Look, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look, look. And when the two disciples heard him, they left him, they followed Jesus says this, turning around, Jesus saw them and fo- saw them following and asked, what do you want? <laughs> Give me your attention real quick. Have you ever thought about Jesus looking at you and being like, what do you want? <laughs> uh, I got a long list, <laughs> right? But he says here, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Interesting question. Where are you, where are you resting? Where, where, where are you taking rest? Where are you, where, at the end of the day, where are you going? What are you doing? Where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. Come, and you will see. Come, And you will see. So they went, and they saw. I I could say, amen, close our Bibles, let's pray, and be done right there. I want you to understand something. Listen, that's the gospel. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. And they went, and they saw. Here's my question for you. If you've yet to come and see, come and see. Will you be willing to come and see? Well, I'm waiting to see. No, that's not how it works. See, you will never see until you come to see. Because you will never receive what you don't see. You will never reach what you don't see. Moses, uh, And this has been stirring up all week. And I, I don't know, maybe the Holy Spirit right now will unpack it for me because I've been wrestling with the verse. When Moses, when 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 God comes to Moses in the burning bush, right? It says that the bush was consumed with fire, yet it was not ablaze. It was not it was not consumed. It was it was it was ablaze. Sorry, I said that wrong. It was ablaze with fire, but it was not consumed. It was it was not burning, but there was fire there. That's odd, right? This week, we spent some time in southern Colorado on vacation before school started, and um, we, we spent a lot of time riding four-wheelers and razors and all this stuff in the mountains. And, 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 and I came around, <clears throat> I was separated from the group one afternoon, and I came around this curve, and I, I blew a tire out on the razor. Okay, that's 12 miles from the truck blew a tire out didn 't have a spare. Come on, everybody that 'll preach right there. Better have a spare. blew a tire out and i I just decided well i I, I could wait a while, so i I did. I waited a while. I uh, took my shoes off, put them in the stream. Let the cold water run on my feet. That felt good. It was hot. It was hot. It was cooler here than it was in the mountains. crazy and uh after about an hour and a half, I thought, I'm done waiting. I thought the group might circle back, come back through there, and I could say, hey, I'm going to ride with you guys. We'll, we'll come back. We'll get a spare. We'll come back fix this thing. I won't have to ruin the tire. But the tire was already ruined. You know what I mean? So the more I looked at things, I thought, well, I'm just going to go but I'm going to go slow. So I'm going real slow and I come around this curve and I see this bush. And this bush had the most beautiful red leaves all over it. And it caused me to think about this verse in Scripture where Moses is standing there and God comes to Moses in the form of a burning bush. The bush is literally ablaze, but it's not being consumed. And the Bible says that Moses turned aside to see this great sight. He saw. He saw something he hadn't seen before. Right? Can I tell you something? When people turn to see God, they'll see something they've never seen before. Well, I don't believe in God. Well, you haven't turned to see. You're never going to see unless you turn to see. See, everything we do is by faith. Faith. Right, And you believe in faith regardless if you believe in God. Because gravity works 100%, time, 100% on you. Every time. Can I tell you something? Your eternity is going to work 100% of the time too. And gravity, you got time and time and time and time again to prove that theory. Can I tell you something? If you don't believe in God and you're wrong, You will regret forever, for all of eternity, that decision. It is appointed to man once to die. And after this, the judgment. God calls us to repentance. He calls us to. He calls us to sonship, daughter. When we come underneath, when we come, when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, he doesn't just save our soul, but becomes the Lord of our lives. Yes? Yes? John chapter 1. These disciples of John the Baptist are following John. They turn around. They see Jesus. Jesus asks them, what do you want? They say, where are you staying? Come and you'll see. So they went and saw where he was staying. It says, and they spent the day with him. So they went and saw where he was staying. They spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two that had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing, the first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, This is what we do with good news. Can I tell you, you know what we're more conditioned to do? We're more conditioned to tell the bad news than the good news. You realize that? That's the culture we live in. We immediately want we just want to share. I got some juice. I got some stuff. I got <laughs> Type in with like like monkeys with our thumbs. Right? Story time. Yes. <laughs> I'm with you. I do it too. It's just so interesting. That when we find something that we love, or we find out information that we don't like, we're real apt to share that. Yes? Come on, yes? Let me prove it to you. You eat a good meal, you'll tell everybody. Everybody. Right? This morning, who was? It was Vic. Vic, you told me, right? It was, man, I ate this place in Amarillo. Yeah, I know. I've been there. It's good. I like that Cajun food. Come on, everybody. How many like some Cajun food? Some etouffee, some gumbo, mm, some shrimp and grits. Come on. Come on, that's good. Just put some green chili in. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Spice it up. Right? The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother and tell him, We have found. Messiah do you realize that in this culture they were looking for the Messiah to come the promised Messiah they were awaiting the Messiah to come and, and, and here we see here we see these religious men they're like look we have found him the Messiah has come that is the Christ and he brought him to Jesus so he went and got his brother he's so excited right Why? Because the flavor's right. Come on. You eat a bad meal, the flavor's off, you ain't telling nobody. Or you'll tell them, but you'll warn them. Hey, listen, I had a steak there. It didn't even taste like steak. It was awful. Right? I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Something's wrong with the peanut butter. It wasn't crunchy, for one. Come on, how many of you crunchy? Crunchy? Come on, crunchy? Creamy? Raise your hand, creamy. Crunchy people, raise your hand. That's my people right there. I'm all about the crunch. You gotta have some. You gotta have some crunch in your life. Yes. <laughs> some of you are like, no, I like it creamy. You want your chips creamy? Hmm. Huh? I don't think so. See, you do like crunchy. You just didn't know. <laughs> We have found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him. You see, I want you to notice the confidence here. Do You notice the confidence in these guys? One of them is telling the next one, is telling the next one. They're like, you've got to come and see. you got to check this out. You don't understand. We found the Messiah. You've got to come. You've got to see this. You've got to lean in. And here we see over and over and over. Peter and, and Andrew, and they were, Philip now found Nathaniel. told him. It says, we found the, the one Moses wrote about in the law. And, and whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, check this out. Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Ah, now we get to know who Nathaniel is. Right? Nathaniel's from one of those families. Right? Come on, everybody. They showing up tomorrow with all the new shoes and all the new shirts and all the new pants at school. Nathaniel showed up. He showed up in that school district everybody wanted to be in. Come on, everybody. Hello. Nazareth was where? Hmm. It was that school district across the tracks. Pfft, nobody want to be over there. Nazareth. How could anything good come from there? How many of you come from a town just like that? Maybe a family. No, you don't have to raise your hand. I was gonna say maybe, maybe you married a girl. No, I just you better not do that. <laughs> How could anything good come from there? Nathaniel asks, come and see. Again, we see this. Come and see. Come and see. It's like people that never had green chili on a hamburger. Come and see. They're like, oh, come and see. Right? Right? March of 2020, COVID-19. I'm sorry I said it out loud. I come in the office one day, and Jen is, in the middle of the day, Jen is drinking this large, refreshing-looking iced drink. And I'm like, that looks gross. Gross. Because she made coffee and poured it over ice. I'm like, no. Coffee's hot. Come on, Nathan. Coffee's hot. And coffee's black. Yeah. This, was, this stuff looked like creamy, watery, cold. Yeah. I drank cold coffee when it got cold in my cup sitting on the counter. Come on. You have to. It's not very good. Right? And she says this. Come and see. So I grabbed her cup, took a drink, I'm like, "Wow, I want one of those. <laughs> right?" And that girl got me addicted to like a 1200 calorie cup <laughs> cup of coffee And the COVID swell started. Come on, everybody <laughs> You know you but here's the deal, you don't know until you... Try it, you don't know till you see. You don't know till you've experienced. Come on somebody. You just won't know. You don't understand. You don't, you don't get it. You can tell somebody all day long they won't understand. You've got to come and see, right? I love this. Jesus reads his mail. says this. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching him, he said, "He said of him, "Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit." Nathanael's walking up to Jesus and Jesus, I can just picture this, sitting along the roadside. There's some people gathered around because Jesus normally had a crowd of people around him or he was walking away from the crowd, right? Because you just have to occasionally. And this man, Nathaniel, begins to walk toward him and Jesus says, see this man, there is no deceit in him. He's not a liar. He's not a cheat. He's honest as the day is long. And Nathaniel, Nathaniel says, he says, uh, how do you know me? Like, we hadn't even really met. Like, I just showed up. And it says, Nathaniel asked, Jesus answered. He said, he, he asked, how do you know me? Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Wait a minute. Jesus wasn't there. Philip called Nathanael to tell Nathanael about Jesus, but Nathanael hadn't even seen Jesus yet. So Nathanael, he declares, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Can Can I tell you something? When somebody tells you intimate details of your life and they don't know you, Sometimes God told them all about you. Come on, everybody. There have been multiple, multiple times in my life where I've had people come up to me and said, Hey, listen, God is doing something in your life, and here's what he's doing. And I'm just like, how do you know this? The Holy Spirit. Come on, everybody. The Holy Spirit helps us in ways that we need help that we can't understand. The Bible tells us this. Jesus said, you believe because I saw you under the fig tree, you will see greater things than that. In other words, what what you have yet to see is much greater than what you've already experienced. Now, his mind is blown. Jesus has completely showed him that he knows the details of his life without ever meeting him. Right? Right? He says, you'll see greater things than that. Then he added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God descending and des- ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Literally, Jesus says, you're going to see what's happening between heaven and earth. And you're going to see what, what is going on in that distance. And you're going to see even greater things than what I'm, what I'm going to do in Israel. I'm literally going to touch the earth. I'm going to touch the entire world. Jesus is telling him, listen, we're going to change the world and you're going to be part of the process. I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, as a follower of Jesus, you have been granted access in, invited to be on the team with the the, the people that will change the world. Change the world. I, I want you to notice the confidence in each one of these men. Throughout that passage in in in, in 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 John chapter 1, you see confidence after confidence. These people are so confident. One hears, one sees, and goes and gets another one. And he tells them, and with such confidence, he tells them. He's like, oh, you've got to see. You've got to come. You've got to check it out. Right? Not, yeah, we have service at 10, and sometimes it's okay, If you get there early enough, there's a maple donut. If you miss the maple, there's a sprinkle occasionally if Matt Hughes isn't here because he eats the sprinkles first. And Matt's not here today, so I'm picking on him. Megan, you can tell him I said that. Come and see. My life was forever changed. You have no idea what God did in my life. Literally, in worship, they're singing a song. I didn't even know it. They got the lights going. They got the the lights down. They got their songs. And I I started crying. Do you know how many people have told me, every time I come to your church, I cry. I'm like, I didn't do it. I tell them every time, I didn't do it. Why do I cry? The Holy Spirit. Maybe you felt a peace you've never felt in your life. Come on. By the way, you know why we we dim the lights in worship? So people feel like they don't have to impress the people around them. Come on. They can focus on what we're here for. Hmm. Not to be seen. But to be seen by him. you to notice the confidence in these men. I want you to notice the confidence of people that you know that serve God, that love God, that are all in with God. Notice the confidence that they have. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 and 4 says this out of the King James. Come on, I'm going to go King James on you. Here we go. Here we go. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath, hath blinded The minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. The light of God, okay, here it is. The light of God wants to shine upon them, but they've been blinded by this world. How many of you know that's the work of the enemy himself to blind people, to blind people that they don't even need God? They can just trust in themselves. I always want to ask people, how's that working out for you? You trusting in you. You batting a thousand. You just raking it in. All your relationships golden. Right? No. No, you need help. You need some help. Right? Been there, done that. I'm there now. I'm saying. We need help. Come on. Mmm. they don't have to stay that way. We don't have to stay that way. We don't have to stay blinded by the enemy. Right? You have an enemy. His name is Satan. And he will blind you. He'll deceive you into thinking everything's good. I here's the deal. I think sometimes church people think of think think of people that aren't living for God as evil people just like snakes. Right? I don't think of them like that at all. They're just lost. You ever been lost? We don't have to stay that way. Listen, John three sixteen. and I love John Barclay was a famous theologian. He said of, that John three sixteen should be everyone's favorite verse. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have Everlasting life, eternal life. Eternal life. God gave so that we could have eternal life. He didn't have to. You ever put yourself in God's shoes? Like, you're the creator of all things. You're like, I'm going to create a supreme being that I'm going to give access and charge to, be, to rule and reign over all other beings that I've already created. And I'm just going to ask them to worship me. I'm not going to force them to. I'm just going to allow them the privilege of walking alongside me and, 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 and me being their God and they being my people, right? And I'm their father and they're the, my sons and daughters. And we treat each other that way rather than enemies. We become family, right? How many of have families better than enemies? I, I mean, good family. You know what I'm saying? Not your enemy family. You're, you're a good family. God could have made us, but he didn't. You know why? You know why God didn't make you follow him? That wouldn't be a loving relationship. That wouldn't be loving to force you. Come on. He wants to be chosen. Yes. Yes. Anybody and everybody can come to know Jesus. I'm going to say this as plainly as I know how. Jesus died for everyone. The ground at the foot of the cross is level for all mankind. There's no gender, race, creed. There's no category that you could find that Jesus puts one over the other. No, all are equal in his sight. Come on, everybody. And the last scripture I want to share with you this morning is from the book of Acts. Jesus here in in this timeline has already gone to the cross. It's a scary time. What's going to happen? They don't know what's going to happen. What in the world is going to take place? But there's a promise in the book of Joel in the Old Testament that we see pop back up again in the book of Acts and in the middle of all of this that's going on there's this promise this promise is also for us right and it gives us hope it gives us a come and see confidence okay I want you today to leave with a come and see kind of confidence now here's here's what I know some of you you have this come and see confidence do you know why I know that the house is more full this week than it was last week do you know why somebody told somebody come and see Come check it out, right? And remember, remember, on the 12th of September, we're going back to two services, right? you got to come and see. What's that going to be like? Come and see. Well, we need more room. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I can tell you right now off the top of my head about 70 people that aren't here today. (laughs) You're like, they won't fit. That's why we're going to have two services. Because in order for us to change the world, we've got to have a place where they can come and see. Come and see. This promise given in the the book of Joel comes up again in the book of Acts. And it gives us this come and see confidence. It it gives us strength in a world that looks like it's it's just fading away, a world that looks so opposite of Christ. How many of you know that's, that's the world we live in right now? but yet we know that God will move on the earth and save souls and change people's lives. How many of you believe that? 100%, yeah. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 says, In the last days, God said, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they will prophesy And everyone. Who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone means who? Everyone. Everyone. It means there isn't anyone too far gone from God that they cannot be saved. Everybody needs Jesus. I'm just telling you today, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. My grandma needs Jesus. By the way, my grandma's already with Jesus. But everyone needs Jesus. I don't believe that most people who are not in a relationship with God are horrible people. I said this a moment ago. I don't think most people, apart from a relationship with God, are just evil, mean, terrible people. I often think sometimes as Christians, we treat them as they are that. And can I tell you something? If that's the case, they are not interested in coming to see anything. you got to tell them. Hello? Hello? They just don't know what to do. They just just can't see. Come on, everybody. They just can't see. And some of you, you you don't need, uh, let me ask you like this. How many of you are people that you need help sleeping sometimes? Sometimes you just need some help sleeping. Sometimes, like this week on vacation, dude, we were crammed into a little bed. And I'm like over there on the edge because Gail don't want nobody to touch her girls like 3000 degrees under the covers. So I'm over there hovering on the edge, right? Trying to sleep. I got a funky pillow cuz my pillow's still at home cuz I don't travel with a pillow cuz people that travel with pillows are weird. <laughs> my mom and dad are back there serving they, <laughs> they go everywhere with their pillows. I'm just like <laughs> How many of you, How many of you fall asleep right away? You can, How many of you How many of you could sleep anywhere? Yeah, I know. Some of you, I'll watch you. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just telling you right now. I could, I could give names. I won't, Bobby. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I will after, though. I'll tell you. Come and see after. I'll tell you. How, how many of you ever sleep with one of them sleep masks on your face? Yeah, yeah. Boom, I got one right here. <laughs> sleep mask. I, I don't know. I don't know if it'll work. You think it'll go on? I got a giant head. Check that everybody. Check that. See, some of you can some of you can sleep anywhere. My mother-in-law, she falls asleep. (laughs) Watch out. I got feet and they work. (laughs) Touch me again. We'll turn this into a healing service. Come on, somebody. Oh, God, help him up. Please help him up. Or her. I don't know what it was. My mother-in-law can go to sleep with her head sitting, not even supported. She's driving down the road. No, not driving, not driving. Passenger seat and completely fall asleep. See, you people that do this, you scare me. scary people, right? Here's the deal. I think that's your friends. I think that's your family. I think that's your coworkers, right? It's not that they're mean. It's not that they're terrible people. They're just blind. They're just blind. They're just, they just don't know what to do. They just don't know what to do. Hey, man, you need to get to church. I don't know how to get to church. You need need to get your act together. I can't find my act. I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, man, get your family life together. I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to be a good husband. No one's shown me that stuff. Hey, man, I think your life would be better if you quit using those drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. Listen, listen. It's the only thing that I know to do that takes away the pain. Dude, get, get some freedom in your life. I don't even know what freedom looks like. Well, come and see. Come and see. I believe that's where most people are living. I don't believe they're horrible. I believe most people are blind by the world that they need someone to bring to them because they don't know how to get to healing. They don't know where hope lives. They don't know how to get to sobriety. They don't know how to get to a place where there's peace in their life. They can't find forgiveness. And I just believe that that's most of mankind. So so when you think about it, I believe that Jesus has done everything possible so that you and I could could see and be free. Here's another thing. I think he's done everything possible for us to see, be free, and to show others how to be free. Because what kind of a gift is a gift given that's only in the end user's hands? the best gifts they go from person to person to person to person come on everybody right the house we stayed in this week it, it, those 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 houses they always have a book right a register there at the front door and you you can go back through the years and read about people that have stayed there and their experiences and all and it's 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 that it's that it's it's i give i i receive The the time in this space, and I get to, now I'm leaving, I'm going back home. Someone else is coming in. They're going to receive. Come on, everybody. Right? Guess what? I, I had to be introduced, just like everyone else, to what God had for me in my life by his people. It doesn't just happen. I was a church kid. Listen to me. I was in church every week. My kids have been in church all their lives. Dylan was born on Friday in church on Sunday morning. The dude was barely dried off. His face was still bruised up from coming through the, the chute, you know what I'm saying? Like a wet Bernard coming through the dog door, you know what i I got the pictures to prove it. He looked rough. He's good looking now, though. Looks just like me. Come on, all right. <laughs> a fine young man. One of my best friends in all the world is a guy that, by the name of Clyde Woods. Clyde got saved in prison. Clyde shot and killed a man, went to prison. By the way, he was, a, he was an officer. Didn't know that that wasn't a gun. And he shot and killed a guy. The guy had a cell phone in his hand, not a gun. Clyde went to prison. He was as lost as anyone's ever been. Running from God. Didn't know God. Didn't care anything about God. He was living for him. Played AAA baseball. Trying to make money doing that. Clyde Clyde was rough. But it took someone to tell Clyde Woods, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. By the way, now I call him Pastor Clyde. He, he's a pastor of a church in Silver City, New Mexico. One of the greatest guys I know. Listen, if Clyde can get saved, you can. Come on. Loves people to Jesus. I, I think that's what's go- I, I, that that's what is going on with mankind and God is still doing it. I believe that people are looking for the good news of Jesus Christ. I believe that Acts chapter 2 that God is pouring out. Come on. He's pouring out his spirit even in these days. People are getting saved. Look around, church. People are hungry for the gospel. People are hungry for the good news. How many of you would say Jesus has and is changing your life? Raise your hand. I could literally go around this room and tell story after story after story of many of you who have come to salvation in this place. This is a church where people get saved. This is a house where people's lives are redeemed. This is a place, listen, so invite them in, bring them. Come on. Let them see life change. So, real quick, I'm going to give you four points. How many of you are ready for the points in the message now that I, all my time's done? Ready? Quickly, four points in the message of how to do this. How how are we going to go about it? Simplest ways to to change your world. And it comes out of this come and see confidence that we see in John chapter 1. Number 1, we point people to Jesus. We're pointers. We're pointers. Come on, everybody. I, I need some help. Point people to Jesus. Jesus can handle it. Send them to him. Point people to Jesus with our works and with our words. You point people to Jesus with your works and your words. In other words, they're watching your life. Right there, some of you are back, you're like, don't watch me, watch Jesus. No, no, no. The apostle Paul said what? He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Why did he say that? Because he he held himself to the same standard he wants you to, to, to arrive at. Come on. None of us are perfect. We all need to be, we need each other. We're better together, right? So we point people to Jesus. Number two, we bring people to Jesus. We got to be bringers. We're pointers, then we're bringers, right? We're pointers, then we're bringers. Jesus had to walk across that bridge to Clyde Woods. But somebody, somebody had to lead Clyde to the bridge. Somebody had to bring him there. Hello? If I had tickets to the NCAA Final Four games... And I ask, would you like to go? If you're a sports fan at all, you would be like, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I want to go. For sure, I want to go. Right? Listen, we got the best ticket in town. Hello? His name is Jesus Christ. It's called healing. It's called a new beginning. It's called restoration. It's called hope. It's called peace. It's a brand new life. Mm. So be a bringer. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, be a bringer. And bring with confidence. Bring them. Yeah. There's some statistic that says that if you invite, like, if you invite people, they're like 4 zillion percent chance they'll come. Right? It's not, it's not 4 zillion, but it is 80 plus percent chance that they'll come. If you just invite them. Do you know that? We got to, we got, and then thirdly, we are witnesses for Jesus. Be a witness for Jesus. When someone's called into a court of law to be a witness, they're just asked to tell the truth about what they've seen. Come on, what they've seen, what they've seen, what they've seen, and what they know. Jesus saved me. Listen, I was once lost, but now I'm found. This happened in my life. I just tell you, this is what's going on. We're witnesses, yes? We point. We bring people to church. We're witnesses. And and then what? Fourthly, we live out a testimony of Jesus. That's the evidence of a changed life. The evidence of a changed life. Is there evidence? Is there evidence? I'm going to ask you a question right now, personally. Is there evidence that your life's changed? You were put on trial right now for the evidence of you. Would you be found guilty of living for Jesus? Not doing religious things. Not going to religious places. Living for Jesus. We live out a testimony that's evidence, right? And the enemy that's, that's saying Jesus can't change lives. That's what he's saying. Acts says there's a great harvest coming. You and I can be a part of it. I believe wholeheartedly that God is pouring out his spirit. There's a harvest Ahead of us. Come on, everybody. God is literally giving us opportunity to change the eternity of people in our lives. And by the way, we don't do it; he does. You can't save anybody. Jesus saves. Great evangelist named John Jay, he said this, if we want to share the gospel with great confidence, then we have to have complete confidence in the gospel. You got to believe. You got to believe. There's... It, so so, what's the name? What's the name? Who's the name you're thinking of right now? There's somebody you want to get here. There's so hey, when you invite them, have confidence in the gospel. Have confidence that they're gonna be, they're gonna believe in God. They're gonna trust Him. Their lives are gonna be different. They're gonna. And, and it might not happen just overnight. It might be a process, right? Where people's eyes are beginning to be opened. Yes. Come on. At least have as much confidence. In that is a good meal you ate. Church, listen. Jesus won. He won for all eternity. Like the battle is over, it has been won. I, I believe it can happen because God moves the unmovable. Is there a name? Is there a name? Is there a person? Invite them. Be a witness to them. Because he won. Listen, we're all testimonies of that fact, yes? I'm gonna pray for you, and then we're gonna do something special. In just a minute, we're gonna pray for students, teachers, and parents. Because school is fixing to happen. And uh I, I just want us to I just want us to pray together. But before we do that, you guys can go ahead and come. Before we do that, listen I I want to pray over you, and I want you to pray for people in your life, specifically right now. Last week I told you, sometimes we, what, we, what we think, we think that church is this big rally moment for us to feel good and, and receive something. Listen, it's more of a halftime talk where we receive information to go and do what God's asking us to do. Yes? So, so here's the deal. The altar call this week? two things number one are you right with Jesus are you living for him are you are you with are you on his team are you is he leading your life have you seen him do you trust him have you surrendered your life to him if not I would say today's the day of salvation for you see and be changed I want. I, I want to. I want to kind of get some evidence first. No, no, no. That's not faith. That's not faith. Faith is, God, I trust you. I trust what you've said. I trust in your word. I believe wholeheartedly that you came to this earth to live and die for me, to show me the way, to provide a way of escape from my own destruction. I've separated myself from you because of the sin of my life, but you, because of your love, you have given your very own son in my place that I may be saved. And today, I receive the free gift of salvation. I say free gift that was purchased with the ultimate price all that heaven could afford, the blood of the Lamb. Messiah the almighty God today you want to make that decision to trust in him, listen the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is that he's the son of God that he lived, that he died, that he rose again the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the father right now praying for you that you would have relationship with him. I'm just gonna ask you, listen, would you trust him today? Would you just say yes to Jesus? You're not saying yes to me. You're not saying yes to this church. You're saying yes to Jesus Christ, the author, perfecter of our faith. Jesus, yes. Again, I say yes to you. I want to be close to you. I want to be in your life. I want you to lead and guide me. Come on, everybody! How many of you want to be led by Almighty God every day? When you don't know, He knows, and you're being, you're following Him, so you're going to know. You're gonna you're gonna be better off than any way else. So, God, we trust in you. God, I believe that there's people all of this room that are choosing you in this moment. God, we're gonna choose you. Later today and tomorrow morning, we choose you over and over again. You change our world by changing us. Right now, I'm gonna ask you to change my world. If that's you right now, over this room. Would you just right now in your in your heart, would you just ask God, God, change my life? I give, I give my life to you. I surrender. I want to see. Take the blinders off. I want to see. What I want to ask you to do is every day just ask him, God, help me know you more today. Help me walk closer to you today. And allow him to change your life. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fa, or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.